hello. <laughs> um, Bonjour. Vilkeman, uh, bienvenue. That's uh, cabaret. Hola. Uh, konnichiwa. Anyway, this is our podcast. It's called Cosplay and Cocktails. Welcome. Welcome in. Bienvenue. Bienvenidos. <laughs> this uh, is Sage. No Sotro's podcast. I am Jesse, as always. As always. <laughs> uh, hey, Jesse, what's up? Uh, not much. Been running some errands today. I spent a lot of time outside today, so I'm in a pretty good mood. It's a beautiful day here in my part of the country. It is pretty out today. Yeah. Anyway, so actually, I do have I have personal news. Dd dd dd. I ordered from a small business in I want to say they're in Kentucky, but it's a kind of an acquaintance. I wouldn't. It just a person I know from Facebook. I think maybe I've met her once in person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she runs a little like tea blending. Like she blends her own tea blends. Mm-hmm. And she has like a little tea shop. But anyway, she made a Halloween tea advent calendar. Ooh, that's so I ordered that. It was a little bit pricey. But when you think about the fact that it's 31 cups of tea, like it's 31 days of tea. And it's got like little extras, it says. So I'm like, you know, you know, I love little extras. <laughs> you do love little extras. Um, so plus I love advent calendars. Last Christmas, I had about six advent calendars. <laughs> Even yeah. though I am an adult woman, yeah, uh, I love decorating for Christmas. I usually decorate pretty early for. I, You're um, a big fan of giving yourself little treats, which I think is why you love advent calendars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, like little treats. Yeah, I like little treats for myself, and then also like it's something fun to look forward to. Like every day, like it makes a boring day a little bit more special. Um, Jesse, cocktail corner. Oh, I forgot. I never did my news. My nerd. It wasn't nerd news. It's just a recommendation. Now that I know we have scientists listening to this podcast, but my fellow, uh, compatriots, Mm -hmm. I guess compatriots means fellow. Anyway, uh, Melody Sheep, hymns for science people is what I will call them. Uh, there's also pop culture, so it is related to the podcast. He's taken like a bunch of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like so he has one called The Dragon's Daughter, where it's just basically so this like is a podcast. No, he's a musician and also a filmmaker. I think I read like just a little bit of his website. He takes um, a lot of them are science, famous scientists, mm-hmm. um, saying like inspirational things, and then he auto tunes them and turns them into these songs. Hmm. And each one has like a theme. And then same for the pop culture ones. So he has one, like I said, called Dragon's Daughter. That's like Khaleesi just being a badass basically, but it's auto-tuned. So it's like, you know, like I'm not going to, I was going to do a little electronica music with my mouth, but it's like (laughs) dance music, like music that, I mean, old people like me, I guess too. Uh, So Cocktail Corner, what are you drinking, Jesse? I made, so I bought a... The official Galaxy's Edge cookbook. Yeah. And Galaxy's Edge, if you don't know, I think we mentioned it before, but that's the Star Wars theme park at Disneyland in Disney World. The uh, fictional Star Wars planet of Batuu. Mm -hmm. And 
there's it's a really really good cookbook actually um yeah, I'm so like, excited to check it out. Uh, I feel like it was a good value. I was glad that I kind of took the chance on it. It was one of those like I needed to spend X amount of dollars to use like a coupon. Mm-hmm. So I threw it in there and it's got a whole section of um cocktails and they're actually different ones than are sold in the parks. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're different. I mean, there might be a couple from the parks, but for the most part, they're different cocktails. And there's all kinds of cool, I mean, there's a, it's a legitimate cookbook Mm -hmm. in addition to the fact that like it's Star Wars, it's not, um, which there's an author, and if I think of it, we'll link to it on like the social media and she does like fan-made fandom cookbooks. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've got her Hobbit cookbook and her Doctor Who cookbook. And they're both really excellent and very affordable. I think they're $5 for the Kindle editions. Wow. So uh, anyway, I made one of the cocktails from It. From the, not It, the film. It's the Galaxy's Edge cookbook. Tell us about it. It's called the Coruscant Cooler. Mm. Um, so the, what drew me to it was a, that I had most of the ingredients because it's got two of the three ingredients in a Manhattan are in this cocktail, mm-hmm. but in different ratios. So it's got bourbon, which I usually use rye, or, rye or bourbon for Manhattan. I'm fine with either. Some people might be rye purists, but uh, I'm okay with rye or bourbon in a Manhattan. You see them about both equally in a restaurant. Bourbon, uh, vermouth and then like cape cotter ingredients so no bitters so unlike a manhattan but uh cherry puree Mm -hmm. cranberry juice and lime juice Hmm. and ice and then i put as a garnish some cherries and chocolate covered blueberries in the bottom to like because i just didn't have a skewer that really like would stick right very well like i have those little cocktail umbrellas but the cocktail umbrellas didn't feel very star warsy to me mm-hmm. so i just and also i like them to kind of soak up the booze so i just dumped them in the bottom they're kind of floating around down there um so that was not part of the recipe <laughs> that was my so own how do you like garnishing. it i really like it of course like i said it's i love cranberry juice i knew i probably that was another reason i there's a couple others that I bought ingredients for that we'll make in future episodes. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I like it a lot better. I made test versions of this one and the other one, decide which one I wanted to do. And I like this one a lot better than the other one. I think you'll really like the other one. Mm. But because it's very similar to a cocktail that you really enjoy. So, but this one, I think it would be good. Like if you're not normally a whiskey drinker or not normally a Manhattan person, kind of like a summery Manhattan, mm-hmm. like, cause the cranberry and the lime make it a little, you know, it's like fruity, it's nice and cold. So, uh, it'd be a good cocktail for like a cookout. Uh, so our episode today, um, before we get into it, I just wanted to do, a, there's a potential trigger warning if anyone suffers from body dysmorphia, we are going to be discussing our bodies, uh, how we perceive our bodies. Uh, don't know if that'll be an issue or not, but better safe than sorry. 
Right. Like, yeah, like Jesse said, our topic today, we're going to discuss uh, cosplaying for our body types, how we make that work with uh, different characters, how we cosplay to ourselves be comfortable, you know, feel comfortable with our bodies mm-hmm. um, in yeah. different cosplays and stuff. So it, we are going to be talking about, uh, you know, things that bother us or um, and different parts of our body and shapes and sizes. And so we just didn't want that to affect anybody in a right. negative manner. And yeah, and also like, that's not how we mean it. We're just right. We're just talking about, you know, because everybody has parts of their body they don't like. So we're just addressing those and saying, here's how we get through it. And hopefully it's helpful and not a hindrance. Right. Well, and some of the things that at least I'm going to talk about and probably you'll talk about as well are not even like being emotionally comfortable, but being physically comfortable. So when right. you have a certain, for, so, you know, a certain body type, there are physical things you have to take into consideration right. with your garments. So, yeah. um, we don't yep. want it to like, we're not going to be ragging on each other or ourselves. Yep. We're going to be positive about it. Cause as we mentioned before, uh, at least I don't want to speak for Paige, but I think she feels the same way. Cosplay has made me so much more comfortable with my body. It's been so good for me. Like that part of my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped with so much. So we don't want it to seem like, a negative thing but there still are considerations no but we also aren't sitting here saying like oh we're perfect and we never have to try to hide or disguise things like right or like you said take into consideration the actual physical limitations of right right but we'll get into that absolutely all right jump on in jesse so uh i kind of wanted to uh talk about This because I know I've mentioned multiple times on the podcast before. um, Everything is harder when you're a plus size cosplayer, Mm -hmm. um, which I felt like was kind of negative and might um, dissuade new listeners or new cosplayers that are listening that are plus size. So I didn't want it to seem like that. So I wanted to do something more positive. So like basically how do I, as a plus size cosplayer, or any cosplayer, because no cosplayer, even if they have, you know, whatever perfect ideal body type, they right. still have things either comfort-wise or their modesty or their level or, right. you know, if the event's more family-friendly or whatever, there's still considerations that have to be made for your specific body type. Right. So I wanted to kind of be more positive about that. And honestly, what made me think of it is I was looking through... Um, there's a costume sale at a store, national <laughs> chain store in my town. And I was looking through, cause I was like, Oh, there might be like some little accessories or stuff to like modify that I could pick up. They did have some body spray that I got like um, paint spray mm-hmm. to color your skin mm-hmm. that I got to try for maybe a Twi'lek. But anyway, I forgot to tell you that earlier, <laughs> um, but I noticed they don't have any costumes in store in stock bigger than a size 12. Ugh. Um, which. Which is insane. Right. Because um, that's not even, that's well below the national average size. Right. 16, right. Is the national 16, average. 16, yeah. So. Um, uh that just made me think like most women would not even be able to wear one of these Halloween costumes and it looked flattering. Right. 
So um, that just made me think of like, okay, I don't want to be negative. Like there aren't as many options for us. Like there aren't as many options for most women for whatever reason. Yeah, we want, women, like, like I said, we want to be more helpful and make right, it to be right. where like we're giving you tips instead of just right. on like how it's not fair. Yeah, our female listeners probably know like buying any off the rack clothing, mm-hmm. not even for cost, you know, like what is a size, like, you know, what size I wear varies by three to four sizes sometimes depending on what retailer and how it's cut or, you know, so it's really, really difficult just unless you have like a mannequin body, which nobody does. Right. Right. So anyway, we're going to mention how we overcome those challenges of not being mannequins, being human beings in a cosplay world. That's right. So um, the first thing I want to address is the physical comfort. Like I said, things that I take into consideration and some things I thought about that don't apply to me because chances are pretty rare that there's anyone listening. That's our exact body type. Right. But there might be things if there's a certain issue for you. So for example, if you're like bustier or taller. So some of them, there are things that apply specifically to me. And some of them are things I thought about um, just thinking about like, well, what would be the flip side of that? Right. So first thing I want to talk about is um, a for female cosplayers specifically. Some of these will be um, for any gender, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, well, and just anyone that has boobs is where I'm going. <laughs> um, but if you have, I'm a fairly, I wouldn't say I'm, my, my uh chest is proportional but you know i'm a fairly curvy gal so that leads to having a large chest so a physical comfort thing is for me having a garment that is supportive enough to wear because if i tried to not wear a bra or any kind of support garment for my boobs for an entire convention my back would be aching i've already got scoliosis in my upper back um and not wearing a good garment uh makes that worse right so i'd have back pain you can have breast pain if you don't have enough support um pain in your shoulders if um so that's one thing that i take into consideration because that's something you have to consider if you're going to do something that's strapless right um so if I'm going to do something that's strapless, if you look through, I mean, I guess I've never posted it on the podcast, at least, and probably never going to, like, all of my cosplays. But most of the strapless ones have some sort of support garment built in, like a corset. Right. Because, well, again, a strapless bra, it's when you're chestier, very difficult to, I don't know why I'm using, like, you have larger boobs, you know, when you're a chestier gal, I'm from the 1950s, right. um, but it can be very difficult to find a strapless bra, and, enough. right, and also very expensive right. to find, so if I can incorporate that into the costume, that's, right. and like I think, said, like the, the, um, a corset, or, uh, with something that, uh, just came to my mind with me. I am very chesty. Always have been hmm. chesty. Why you got me saying that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's contagious. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so 
uh, it's also a struggle, but there's so many, uh, there's so many costumes that you do need, you know, that you do need to figure out a different alternative. So last year for Bunny Hutch is an example I just came up with as a way to. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. My, uh, I bought a strapless, uh, bodysuit that resembled a bunny a bunny suit um and i was doing a yeah, i mean it was a bunny suit yeah i was doing a cruella de vil and i knew i was not going to be able it just was not going to stay up otherwise it just it was not a super expensive you know you could probably buy a bunny suit that would hold you up and in yeah uh, but you're gonna did it have boning at all huh? it didn't have boning did it heart i mean not real boning it had fake boning in there like and it was yeah just, or like, like something on the sides yeah two different little strips right but, um but so I wore a, a strapless bra with it but once again that is generally not enough unless the garment itself has some kind of support mm-hmm. so what I did to make that work for me was I was uh we're already planning on wearing a shawl like a fur shawl um around my shoulders and so I attached um hook and eye hooks and eyes um an eye to my uh corset or not corset my uh on each side just like right at the top above my boobs and then the hook part onto the um shawl and then that was basically my straps and that helped and it worked really yeah it was like a halter top yeah it kind of made I, i mean it still sat like it would it wasn't yeah. yeah no, yeah. you never would have known. I like if you, you. I think you may have posted the picture, maybe not, but you never would have known otherwise. So there are. Yes. I'm. That's. I'm really glad so, you thought of that. That's an excellent example. Yeah. So that's just like, um, you know, corsets are another way. Like you said, that is a great uh, option for that. But um, we've also had experiences where that doesn't always work well enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, so like. Yeah. Like. But but just being able to kind of use don't your, what Paige is getting at is huh? don't buy a corset that's three <laughs> sizes too big for you, right? Because yeah. it's on sale for fifteen dollars, and then try to alter it. And then I mean, in fairness, I did alter it. I just didn't alter it enough. enough. Right. The real moral of that story is, again, we harp on this, but don't make the mistakes that we will probably continue to make. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's wear your cosplay doing <laughs> our mistakes uh, to help you. Yeah. It's, from us. it's the same thing I tell my students, like, don't be me who burnt their hair with nitric acid. So, yeah. so you just have to get to where you can, you know, you, you know, more than anything, or if you don't, you'll figure it out after cosplaying a couple times, you'll figure out what, where you need the most um, support and stuff. Right. And there, there are ways to use your cosplay pieces to assist that basically or hide it or right. uh, yeah, yeah, support it. Yeah. It's straps, sewing straps into something like small, just straps to cover a bra strap. If you don't want to show that is one of the easiest things you can sell. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, and nobody's going to probably even notice yeah. If you know it's something that technically is completely off the shoulder or completely strapless and you put a little just a strap to cover a bra strap in there like again your comfort and again it can be like you know if I don't take care of my back like I could have much more serious problems down the road. Right. So 
like I said, it's not necessarily just a, this looks better issue. It can be an actual comfort issue. Absolutely. Uh, another issue that, again, mostly for plus size people, male and female and non-binary, but uh, could be, I guess, sort of for anyone, is chub rub. Oh, for so, sure. So um, we've mentioned before at a convention, you're probably going to be walking a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh if your thighs touch, they are going to be rubbing together. Yep. So a problem that I would have. And not is, just always thighs, arms too. Like, mm-hmm. arms yeah, well. both have had even uh, we talked about. Yeah, and everyone's arms episode. touches their sides, you know, right. like we, we talked about it in the last episode, but not just with like the fabric or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. is under there. We've had, we, Jesse's had a really bad experience with a cosplay rubbing under her underarm, but I've also had it just where it's like my skin rubbing from being sweaty or whatever. Like, right. So that's just, you just have to think about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I've learned ways to kind of help combat that, that don't interfere with our cosplays. Right. So what I generally do, if I'm wearing a shorter skirt, something that, what I normally do is I have these little like nude colored, um, like very thin um, shorts that are like you can roll up if you need to, if they're a little like to make them shorter or longer. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wear under a lot of my costumes where I don't want to cover my entire leg or unless I wore under my cap, my Captain America, because I didn't want to wear leggings. The leggings with it looked bad to me. I didn't like it with leggings. Right. So, um, I wore my little shorts under and you couldn't even tell, uh, but you know, that, um, that makes it a little more comfortable. Like don't have to deal with chub rub (laughs) to the degree of, and you can, like you said, longer, longer skirt and it's cold where, I mean, we've worn leggings to the Ren Faire. Uh, mm-hmm. under dresses and stuff when it's yeah and you can outside. get like I wear sh- anytime I wear a dress I wear shorts under them mm-hmm. uh, yeah oh also so if you're wearing something like a bodysuit where you just absolutely cannot wear shorts mm-hmm. um nude pantyhose in your as close to your skin tone as you can get honestly I normally for that would probably just wear white because mm-hmm. white is closer to my skin tone than most nudes yeah um, so pale. Um, or you can get uh, like a lube stick, basically. It looks kind of like a deodorant. Um, they gave it to me. I, I'm allergic to my own sweat. I get really bad dermatitis if I sweat too much. So um, they gave me for like under my bra wires, the doctor, but I think you can get it over the counter. Um, like, it's just basically, it looks like a deodorant and it's a lube stick and you can lube up your thighs or right. your arms or, I mean, wherever you need to. Third thing I had, a comfort thing, not a, um, like, emotional thing or a right. uh, perceivement of your body or whatever, um, is your height. Mm-hmm. So, like, I normally, if it's like a hobbit, I'll wear something as, you know, 
flat as possible. Right. So like flip flops or ballet flats. Um, cause hobbits are supposed to be short. I'm of average height. I would say we're both probably average height. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm five, six and you're five, five and five, five. Yeah. Uh, as of the last time I went to the doctor. <laughs> so unless I've shrunk, which with my scoliosis, I might have. So even if a character is supposed to be taller, I generally do not wear heels for comfort's sake. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say. But there are ways that you can, um, you know, like I might wear something with like a little bit, like if it's supposed to be a taller character, I might wear like a boot with a thick heel. Like that would be something that's fine. Like I never wear heel heels at convention. I never wear heel heels anyway, pretty much. <laughs> right. But like, um, never at a, like, it's just, I, there are people who do, but like a stiletto at a convention, basically, oh, if it comes to, to making a choice between your comfort and total accuracy, always choose your comfort because absolutely uh you're not gonna have a good time if you feel uncomfortable physically or if you're uncomfortable because you're self-conscious so yeah oh other thing this is kind of in like a middle category it's not really something that i don't feel comfortable with but it's also not really a physical comfort thing is my tattoos so i have one two three three leg tattoos and two feet tattoos Mm -hmm. so um it's pretty like some characters i don't mind if my tattoos show especially if i'm doing like a mashup version so like my cap my tattoo showed because i was like okay well it's clear that i'm not steve rogers right like i'm not trying to be steve rogers like so i'm cool being like a version of captain america that has a voyager and a frankenstein tattoo Mm -hmm. um so i was cool with that um but for some characters i specifically don't want my tattoos to show Mm -hmm. so for example our hobbits when we did marry anytime i've done hobbit the first time I did Hobbit, I didn't have, I don't know if I had any tattoos. Definitely didn't have as many as I have now. Last two times I've done Hobbit, um, when I was Mary and when we were like our generic Hobbits, mm-hmm. I made a conscious effort to make sure my tattoos were covered. Right. So I have uh, like a light tan beige, I guess, pair of leggings and you can tell that they're leggings when I wear them obviously but I use the hair for you know hobbits have hair on their feet so I use the hair to cover up uh, my tattoos on my feet and then I wore leggings like ankle leggings yeah uh, to cover my head because to me it's just one of those like you're making a concession between accuracy one way or the other because there aren't any hobbits with tattoos you know like It'd be pretty weird for a Hobbit to have a Star Wars tattoo or a Voyager tattoo. (laughs) Um, So uh, I make the decision that wearing the leggings is more accurate than, uh, you know, because obviously I'm not going to go get my tattoos lasered off. Right. 
because my tattoos have also helped me become more comfortable with my body like wanting to show them off wanting to show off well that's what I was gonna say uh you're like I oftentimes forget about my tattoos when I'm cosplaying but I don't have as many visible um Mm -hmm. as you I just have three and generally maybe two show yeah generally just one your one's on the i was gonna say the your one on the bottom of your wrist like just if you yeah which if i was more self you know if i was more worried about it like i could cover it up easily with makeup but it's just not something i well that's what i'm saying like how often do you take a picture or even talk to someone where the inside of your wrist is showing right but um but with my i have a nose ring and Oh, I've mm-hmm. only been compelled to take it out once for a cosplay because of like accuracy. And I don't even know if I would do that again, but it's definitely an option. Um, right. I took it out when I did Claire. Frazier yeah. I re- oh, I remember. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's not something that I think would, I don't know. It might still bother me, but I kind of feel like I would probably not take it out again for it, but Mm. you definitely could. So don't let, you know, I know there's a bunch of like piercings you can just like loop around so you can't see them in your nose. And yeah. So, uh, or you can get those like, they're little like, if you have a piercing that like colored ones, right. Or like little like clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, yeah, so like you said, that's not really, you know, something emotional I feel bad about or want to cover. Because what? Right. I said it's not really emotional or physical. Right, or right. Yeah, like I love my tattoos. I'm glad that I got all of them. They are, right. you know, a part of me now. Um, yeah. So you know, that's something because I think that. I don't know. Maybe this is a stereotype or just my own personal bias, but it seems like people who are into body modification tattoos and piercing and people who are into fandom there's a large overlap there so um that's something else we always take into consideration when we're modifying our cosplays like i said even if it's a character that wears tiny little booty shorts wearing nude leggings or tights or whatever to cover up if you've got tattoos if you feel like you know, nobody's going to judge you. I've never had, well, again, well, I'm going to talk about that at the end, kind of like the articles you sent me. Right. But yeah, we'll mention that at the end, but. uh, So Jesse, what do you think your biggest issue is uh, like that your makes you self-conscious when you're cosplaying? Before I would have said it was like my midriff. Mm -hmm. Midriff. We looked this up on an episode. I know it's midriff. No, no tea. Um, I would have said my midriff, like showing my stomach at all. Uh-huh. Um, that would have been like if you asked me two, three years ago, even uh-huh. maybe even more recently than that. Now I think maybe my upper arms. Yeah, I would say my legs are my main thing. Um, just just plain and simple legs <laughs> like that's always uh, been a weakness for me uh self-conscious wise and I uh I get I'm better at it now uh now that I'm older I'm more comfortable with it but when I'm cosplaying mm-hmm. I I know for a fact that I have made conscious efforts to like make a skirt a little bit longer or uh, like you said wear pantyhose or um 
or leggings or something. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody has their things, you know. Mm. And and I like I've shown my arms in cosplays, like I've worn so completely, so it's yeah, not like I mean, something I, that. Yeah. Like now, I'm fine showing at least a little bit of midriff. Right. Um. But and I'm fine showing like if I feel like it's more authentic to show some of my upper arms, but I do, like you said, I do generally make a, uh, an effort right. to, um, cover my upper arms. So for example, when I was steampunk data, uh, from TNG, mm-hmm. uh, I partially, it was to make it more steampunky and mm-hmm. partially it was to make it more TNG like, and partially it was to cover my, my upper arms, I wore a sleeveless corset. Oh, you know, or just a corset as it's <laughs> right. Well, I do have some that have sleeve, like those like straps. Right. Like my medieval-y ones. But um uh I wore a bolero jacket over it. Mm-hmm. To so that A covered up my upper arms, which I'm not as comfortable with. And B, like if you look at TNG uniforms, there's like a black angled piece at the bottom and then whatever color that corresponds to their, you know, unit. And then the top is black again. There's like a black, the shoulders are black. So I was like, okay, well this allows me to incorporate that shoulders being black Mm -hmm. and it allows me to cover up my upper arms, which I'm not as comfortable with, but it stays with that steampunk theme. Because right. it's got like the puffy little sleeves and like, you know, a tiny little bolero, you know, Victorian looking that steampunk has that Victorian aesthetic mm-hmm. aesthetic. So, um, you know, that's something I was conscious of when I was picking a way to incorporate that black. Because I thought about a choker at one point with black, mm-hmm. um, but it looked it made it look a little too saloony to me. Right. And also, then, like I said, the jacket allowed me to cover up my arms. Yeah. So there are, like I said, there's nothing wrong with, or some people just like some people's religion, there are certain parts of their body they have to Mm -hmm. be covered. So that's something they would have to, you know, incorporate into a cosplay. Um, And there are absolutely ways to do it. There's actually, I don't know her name. But there's a cosplayer on YouTube who uses her hijab to cosplay. Oh, yes, I've seen her. Like, uh, she, uh, yeah, yeah. She, and you, she does a lot of, like, it's mostly makeup tutorials, right, for cosplay? Well, I don't, like, I've only seen her cosplay. Okay, I've seen, I've seen, like, makeup tutorials that she's using for cosplay. And then her, her hijab is, like, different colors to represent, like, the hair or, you know, whatever. Right, yeah, uh, that's what I'm talking so- about. So, and you know, and there's no reason that you couldn't incorporate the rest of your, um, you know, if you had like a religious garment or, you know, just, or if you personally were like, well, I, for modesty sake, say don't like, you know, some people just don't like dressing. I don't want to say, I don't like that S word, like a more revealing or sexual manner. You mean ooh la la. Ooh la la. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean is ooh la la. You're right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So some people just don't like, you know, may not have a moral a- opposition to someone else dressing like that, but doesn't 
want to dress like that themselves. Mm -hmm. So, and especially since a lot of comic book characters are hypersexualized, whether, and it's getting better every year, I would say, but, you know, early cost, um, comic book characters, especially female ones, pretty skimpy outfits a lot of times. Right. Or like we've talked about like anime. Right. Pretty skimpy outfits a lot right. of times. And really, a lot of times really unrealistic body types. Correct. Yeah. Anime, especially. Go ahead and use Im- the word impossible. Yeah. I was going to say impossible. Like <laughs> a 100 pound 13 year old with size triple D breasts. Right. Yeah. So there's always a way to do a character at least in our opinions of course this entire podcast is just our opinions but uh yeah that was actually our the name we were going to use we should have it's probably already taken right opinions the podcast um yeah i was just gonna say like with all the unrealistic like body types portrayed in comics and anime you know like it is easy to want to do a character like that and then get discouraged because you don't look exactly like that character Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, and and there are ways, you know, we've, we've talked about that, like, you know, wearing, wearing a more padded bra to make your boobs appear bigger. If it's absolutely crucial to how you want to, uh, that to look or, uh, you know, corsets to make your waist appear a little bit more, uh, a little smaller or you know uh use like shoes to make you feel taller but right. everybody in the cosplay community knows that those body types are unrealistic so right. going to look well, at you and be like well you're in i can't put my hands around your waist so you technically aren't embodying this character you know right well that person's a creep i do not know of a single cosplayer that would judge somebody because they don't look uh, no. body-wise or, or no. at all. Like exactly I know like people, but I don't know. Because- I've met people that are like that, but few and far between. And I don't know a single person that actually, like, you know, it, I don't know. Again, I know some people like that, few and far between. Yeah. And easy to avoid that type of person. Right. But the majority of the cosplay community, especially, understand. I've never met anyone at a convention. I've never had someone. Again, I want to get into that a little bit later. But okay. So another thing that relates to this that mm-hmm. can help you, especially if you're new to crafting and you don't feel like you could alter a garment, or um, is picking a character that has a similar body type to you. Mm-hmm. Which is how a lot of cosplayers get their start, or they maybe they look like them in the fit, you know, like they have similar facial mm-hmm. features. But again, for plus size cosplayers, that is more difficult because right. there are so few plus size representations in any kind of media. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, you know, majority of the country is size 16, that's the average, right? So maybe half are over right. and half are under. But they just don't exist in, you know, as much in our media. So, right. that, like, but there are, like, 
there, there are examples you can, there's uh, really good resources for that. If you are plus size and you want to cosplay as a plus size character, um, there's, I think it's called F yeah, plus size cosplay, like EFF. I'll look it up if anyone's mm-hmm. interested. But when I first started cosplaying, that was a great resource to me, not only for like getting ideas of how to make those modifications for your body, mm-hmm. um, but also for just um, seeing other plus size women and men, there are and non-binary people. There's everyone on there, mm-hmm. but seeing other because again, there's kind of a stigma. You had sent me an article earlier today that there does sometimes seem to be a stigma that cosplays like a sex thing or that you know if you don't have a certain body type or you're not like this really specific type of female body you shouldn't cosplay mm-hmm. so seeing resources like that seeing other plus size cosplayers that kind of had come before me like that was one of the things that got me into cosplaying and like getting their ideas of like okay well here's a plus size character you could do or like this isn't a plus size character but here how i here's how I personally modified it to make plus size. Right. Well, and we, we've been to a, cos- a plus size cosplay panel at a convention. So mm-hmm. if, if you are, you know, struggling with finding how to cosplay for your body and you're a, a, you're a plus size uh, human, um, mm-hmm. you know, look at, if you're going to a convention, look at your con schedule and see if they have any. There's always a lot of really cool uh, cosplay panels at mm-hmm. conventions and see if there's anything um, plus size related or uh, alteration yeah. related that mm-hmm. might be of some use. Holly Morph was her, is her name, the cosplayer. Yeah, she was at C2E2 this year. Mm-hmm. Our first and last convention of 2020. Man, who to thunk? Really, really. That's another way there are plus size, there are some plus size characters. So um, even though they may not be your exact size or body type, that may make you feel more comfortable. The first character that, you know, my first several cosplays were not plus size characters. I have cosplayed as plus size characters. So I guess arguably plus size, really the only characters I've cosplayed as that are plus size would be like arguably plus size. Mm-hmm. Like, one that immediately springs to mind is B from being puppy cat. And the reason right. why I say she's arguably plus sized is because she's a cartoon. The well, because she's a cartoon and she's also drawn by different artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes she looks pretty thin, sometimes she looks, you know, bigger, and she doesn't have like a super realistic body shape anyway. You know, not that you have to, but it is an option to make you feel more comfortable, I guess. But, like, also, the problem I have found is that a lot of time plus-size characters in media are like, ha, 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 look at the fat person characters. But, so that's always an option of picking a character that does have a similar body type to you. It's just not an option that most of us often have because generally you know in some kind of media it's going to be like the ideal body type quote unquote you know 
really, really buff guys and really, really thin ladies. Right. Yeah, but don't let that discourage you from right. cosplaying those characters. Right. So you can't, but like there are, especially if but you yeah. go to cartoons or comics, there are, it's the same way of like, um, you know, people who are in a wheelchair. Yeah. Being characters who are actually in a, that doesn't mean you can't cosplay as someone who's not in a wheelchair, but you're limited, you know, no, like. But we've seen a lot of, we've seen several, uh, people in wheelchairs cosplaying and they're using their chair as a prop you know they're they're working with it basically like they're yeah so that's kind of a good way of like basically there are two ways you can think about not having you know the quote-unquote ideal body you can be like oh well that means i can't cosplay or you can use it as an excuse to be even more creative Right. which is what we do and what every cosplayer does because no cosplayer has the ideal body quote unquote right Again, there's no such thing as the quote unquote it's just like we talked about cardboard per- cardboard box pervert um they like someone is in like everybody is someone's ideal right so you know finding something that is comfortable for you and you feel good in yeah that- that's what it's all about the goal but so like there are certain like i generally like like a higher waist because i have a higher waist because of being shaped like a ukulele mm-hmm. like that's a way so if there's a character that wears something like that i will might gravitate towards that character because i know it's going to look good on my body uh even right. well and like- i always i like to wear pants mm-hmm. because that's what i feel like i look best in like <laughs> what that's about i don't know uh, but that's what I'm comfortable yeah with. it's kind of the same thing like with me and dresses like I don't know why or when really I started right. we've, been, we've talked about that a lot but like right. that, that adds to our comfort level you are way more comfortable in a dress and I'm just way more comfortable right. in pants we yeah, will so- definitely we have both worn you know the opposite for mm-hmm. cosplays but I think we always gravitate towards things that we can right. uh, use incorporate those with so kind of again what what you're saying like use your regular clothes like the clothes that you wear to work or school or everyday life whatever like use them as an inspiration like you know your cost like for at least for me I don't want my cosplay to be something that I would wear to work because I want to use it as a form of creativity and escape that I couldn't wear at work but um you know the shapes that I think are flattering in the clothes that I wear to work are the same shapes that, you know, like I have weirdly long legs and a weirdly short torso. Like I'm not tall, but I'm almost all leg. Yeah, honestly. Like there's always like, so I tend to, like you said, you're not as comfortable with your legs because my legs are so long. I tend to once I'd be more comfortable with something that's a little bit shorter, but like the sky is the fact that I have no torso. Right. Um, Because I really, like, I have very little, like, I have a a waist, a small waist, but very, very wide hips. And so, like, my hips are always the area. That's another area, like, not that people show off their hips, per se. So I guess that's why when you asked earlier about, like, areas I try to hide, quote unquote. So that's not an area I try to hide, I guess, skin-wise. But it's an area I try to disguise how wide my hips are because my hips are very, very wide. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe I saw, like I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging myself. My hips are just wider than they're curvy. Yeah. They're very curvy. Yeah. So I'm like a ukulele. Right. And well, like something that we've been alluding to throughout the episode. And I do want to acknowledge like we neither of us have at least in person ever had a negative interaction, really. Right. right. At least not as far as like, oh, your body type isn't right for that. Like we've had creepy I, interactions. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'm like, I went on a date with a guy who like he didn't say anything about me specifically, but he was saying that like his friends, uh, I mean, I don't think he probably listens to the podcast, but like he was saying like, well, my friends were like saying that I can't say that someone's body's not right. I should point out that this was a first date only. Um, well, my friends were saying that like, I can't like, it's, it's a dick move for me to say, oh, well, that girl's body is not right for that character and I was like well yeah because that is a dick move right you don't do that yeah like I'm not like she's not doing it for you to be like oh that is the type of body that I'm attracted to like oh baby oh baby yeah like you you do not have a right just like in you know you know you you be into whatever you're into assuming that you know it's all between consenting adults but you don't have the right to make a comment on what, a, you know, whether or not, like, who gives a shit? Like, it's not Someone's about body is right or not. Anyway, it takes a lot more creativity and a lot more bravery to come up with a way to do the cosplay if you don't have the exact same body type as a character. Right. So, yeah, I just want to acknowledge that, like I said, there are, that was something that made me nervous when I started cosplaying. And still every once in a while, I'm like, are there pictures of me on the internet of like, look at this fat girl trying to, you know, cosplay or whatever. Because I've I've heard negative things that have happened to other plus size cosplayers. But I've been, I guess, lucky enough that so I don't want to just be like I, I know we've mentioned this on the podcast before I don't want to be like you know I don't want to encourage someone to do something and then be like nothing bad will ever happen and right. like those things do happen but I think it mostly happens on the internet anyway so there still are things that like you know and those are still things that even after 10 years of cosplaying things that I still kind of think about like oh well you know maybe someone like whenever I did Bunny Hut for the first time mm-hmm. just last year I was like oh well mm, is are people going to say something or are people are going to think you know but right it becomes about like it should always be about you and how right. it makes you feel and I felt now looking back, I wish that it wasn't so much danger of my nipple showing at any given time. <laughs> but you know, I don't. I think it looked good. Uh, if albeit, you know, my nipples were always one eighteenth of an inch from being visible. 
Um, okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode today. We hope that this wasn't triggering for anybody. And uh, well, we did put was- a warning at the beginning. So, right. like- uh, but hope that it was helpful. And um, yeah, we just wanted to be transparent about uh, things that you know happen in cosplay quite regularly. So, yeah. um, if you want to follow along with us, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. You can also email us, um, and that's where you would get to talk to Jesse. And she just she really wants you to send just all kinds of things her way. Yeah, um, weird fish pics as always. Uh, interesting things about science. Um, especially now I've been feeling very weepy and spiritual about science. So like really inspiring science things. If you want to send those my way, uh, pictures of you in cosplay that you want us to feature on our social media, episode ideas, cocktail recipes, corrections, things we screwed up. Um, because uh, we don't want to, we screw up, we're human. If there is a cosplayer that you follow and you're like, oh, I wish that they would interview that cosplayer, or if you are a cosplayer that wants to be on here, hit us up. Uh, we like talking to, we like getting other perspectives because, again, we are just two cosplayers out of many, 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 many cosplayers, thousands of cosplayers. So, um, you know, our perspective is not the only perspective. Uh, That's right. Cocktail recipes, did I say that? Um, um, uh, what about cosplay challenges? Oh, yeah, cosplay challenges for us. We do have several ideas for cosplay challenges, and we probably will. Uh, we definitely will do some more in the future, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we... Well, we would love to hear what you'd like to hear us do. Because- yeah. I think it would be a little bit cooler, a little bit more fun to do something where neither of us came up with it. Because right. I feel like if one of us comes up with it, we probably already kind of sort of have an idea in mind. Right. And so it's kind of cheating. So, We're uh, big cheaters, yeah. basically. Um, our email is cosplayingcocktailspod at gmail.com. Mm, that's gmail.com. Okay, are we done? No. Yes, we are. I'm gonna now start my podcast. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.